This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning drive. Welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast, everybody. I am Rita Hubbard, a.k.a. the NFL Chick, a.k.a. the Streets Talk to Me. That's my new nickname, Cordell. I hope you like it. <laughs> I've heard worse. I've, I've definitely heard worse. Well, yes, I am. Cordell Woodland, uh, 105.7 beat reporter for the Baltimore Ravens, also host of Shaking It Up Sports on 105.7 as well. And obviously so much has happened um, in just a short period of time. Of course, August 30th is the final cuts and to make it to, to the 53-man roster, which I actually have an issue with, uh, particularly because there's an extra game. We can talk about that on another time (laughs) uh for now you have to uh look at the final roster and there's some names on here that i think was a little surprising to me and i'll Mm -hmm. just break it down i'll i'll break down the list and we can go over you know who we considered to be shocking um wade is a running back tyler Beatty, quarterback anthony brown nose tackle isaiah mack fullback ben mason Linebackers, Jacoby McClain, running back, Nate McCrary, linebacker, uh, Jeremiah Moon, defensive tackle, Rayshard Nichols, tight end, Tony Poljan, wide receiver, Makai Polk, defensive back, David Vereen, wide receiver, uh, excuse me, Benjamin Victor, defensive back, Darius Washington, wide receiver, Riley Webb, linebacker, Chuck Wiley. Those who were wave injured, is wide receiver Shamar Bridges, defensive tackle Aaron Crawford, and linebacker Daylon Hayes. And then those vested veterans that were released were, you know, obviously one of the more popular ones, uh, safety Tony Jefferson, guard Khalil McKenzie, linebacker Stephen Means, cornerback Kevin Seymour, or is it Kavon? I never can get that right. Um, 
uh, tackle David Sharp, defensive end and former Raven, Brent Urban, and cornerback Daryl Worley. So getting the cuts information, uh, I'm curious to know, Cordell, who did you have surprising on here? Well, Tyler Beatty's definitely probably the most surprising guy on this list, at least for me. I had been a Tyler Beatty fan once they drafted him, uh, seeing what he did in Missouri last year. Uh, This is a guy that was all SEC. Now, he was the Ravens' uh, last draft pick of this past draft. The Ravens got him in the sixth round, and um, it's not not completely uh, shocking to see him go because – this the, none of these running backs really separated themselves from the other during the preseason. I, I didn't think the Ravens really got anything from the running game at all throughout the preseason. And some people can make the argument that they didn't have the starting lineman out there. It is what it is. You're not going up against starters either. So, right. you know, you want to see these guys go out there and put some sort of performance together to make a case for them to make the team. And I just don't think Tyler Beatty did enough um, ultimately. And, uh, as far as got other guys that I'm surprised to see, I mean, none of the other names necessarily surprised me. Dalen Hayes could be looked at as a surprise, but Dalen Hayes didn't do enough uh, for me. I actually, when I did my uh, roster projections on Monday night on my show, uh, actually had Dalen Hayes off the roster uh, as well, and he was he's been given every opportunity to take on the role of being the ed, one of the edge rushers on this team. And he just hasn't jumped at any of the opportunities. He, he didn't take advantage of any of them. And now he's in a situation where he's hurt on, on the back end of practice mm-hmm. of, of camp and he's not able to get out on the field. It's just, I, I think it was just time. And uh, while he is a former draft pick of the team, he and Tyler Beatty are both, late round picks. Tylen Wallace squeaked on the team. I told you before, I wouldn't have been surprised if Tylen Wallace was gone. I think that was just a product of them not having anything better than him at the, at the wide receiver position. All the, none of the undrafted wide receivers ended up making the team. And that's simply because none of them were good enough. Um, Right. You look at it. None of them really did anything throughout this preseason. Some of them had their moments. Shamar Bridges had his moments in the Titans game. Riley Webb had the touchdown against the Cardinals. But other than that, I mean, none of them did anything in the last preseason game. It's right. just the Marcus Robinson show in that one. So um, I, I just think that um, that none of those necessarily surprised me. And also another one that I want to name, Isaiah Mack. I'm not necessarily surprised to see Isaiah Mack uh, not make the team. But I, I, I think that if you look at some of the guys that did make the team, um, I'm kind of surprised Isaiah Mack didn't crack the roster over guys maybe like uh, Christian Welch. I'm surprised that they kept both both Christian Welch and Josh Ross. The Ravens Me have five linebackers right now. Um, that That's kind of surprising to me. And I also want to let people know that while they did make a lot of moves uh, with the roster moves on Tuesday and cut the roster down to 53, it's still more moves to be done. You got guys like Charlie Kohler and uh, David Ajabo, who are probably both going to go to IR. They just had to crack the 53-man roster before the team can place them on the IR. So there are going to be more spots opened up. It's already – I've seen reports of Brent Urban uh, being brought back. 
And I, that wouldn't surprise me. I, I feel like I actually saw the handshake deal take place on the practice field, potentially uh, <laughs> out there with Brent Urban. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Brent Urban back on this team. Wouldn't be surprised to see Stephen Means back on this team as well. Yeah, I think for me, Christian Welch was a, a, a head scratcher and as opposed to over Isaiah Mack because you and I both liked – what Isaiah Mack was doing and you know I think I think the uh, the raw signing I, I don't think that that was ever an issue that he was going to make right. the 53 man roster right. um but I think that the situation I really thought that potentially both of those guys would make the team I am not as high on Welch as the Ravens but clearly they know something I don't he did play very well on the last preseason game um but, but prior to that he had missed some some tackles and it, I was questioning it and so you know clearly they like something about this young man and you know that's where they went I agree with you about Beatty um he, he just he didn't have a, he really didn't you wanted to root for him obviously if you're from the area you know he's he went to friends he's from Baltimore County so it's a local story that's great and you, you wanted to cheer for him but like you said he didn't really separate himself from anyone um I, I knew anthony brown was going to be gone because the ravens typically don't keep three quarterbacks but i'm a little disappointed still i'm not gonna lie because i i like the arm of anthony brown and i think he can be developed into a nice backup so i guess the ravens said look you can do that somewhere else but maybe not here yeah. uh ben mason we know this guy was a fifth round draft pick in the 2021 draft. And a lot of people questioned that pick to begin with. I, I wonder, do you think that this is a, a, a fruition moment where it's like, see, this is why we didn't like that pick to begin with, because mm -hmm. you already have, you know, your time, excuse me, your fullback situation locked in. And then you have blocking tight ends in the case. If you can't get project Pat, you know, if he's not available for some reason. So I, while I was scratching my head about that draft pick to begin with, I guess I'm kind of like, I'm not shocked that we're at the point where it's like, see, you could have done something else with that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think a couple of these guys, uh, you look at it. I mean, even the Dalen Hayes uh, yep. pick and definitely Ben Mason. I think a couple of people are going to be scratching their heads as to why Ben Cleveland has made this team. Ben Cleveland hasn't really done anything since he was drafted in Baltimore. And I think that was another guy that was drafted in the third round. I mean, Ben Cleveland hasn't done anything to this point. Um, he looked okay during the preseason, but again, he's dealing with injuries. He's been inconsistent. He could, it, it took him a while to pass the conditioning test to even start camp. Um, yeah. So yeah, a couple of these guys that have been uh, cut, like I said, you, you, you're you used to the Ravens kind of giving their draft picks um, a little more of a leash. Anthony Brown, uh, obviously, he's an undrafted guy. Right. Uh, brought in. I think he was a guy that got better as the preseason went on, but you, I'm not surprised to see him not make this team. The, the Ravens were only going to keep two quarterbacks. Ideally, right. they'd love if he falls to them and they can add him back to the uh, practice squad, I would think, just for, for an arm that they trust. Um, but who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll have to see uh, about that. But uh, I'm trying to think of other guys that are on this, like our Darius Washington. That's what I was going to mention. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned it maybe on this show on, on, on our podcast that like I think that this is a situation where the Ravens are going to try to get away from the Darius Washington thing just to avoid having to go into another injury settlement with another player. He's had right. foot issues for a while. He's and he's been back. He's been he seems healthy. He's played in the last two preseason games. Um, but 
you you haven't he hasn't shown himself to be reliable to this team to this point. And yeah. I think that the Ravens are already they've already dealt with enough guys uh, that have injury histories, some that they released, and some that may still be on this team that they're still dealing with injury problems on. So just to minimize that. Uh, I, I'm not surprised to see Ardarius Washington go. Um, as far as guys, uh, the, like I said, already the, the receivers, not surprising. Now, the D linemen, they didn't keep the D linemen, they only have what five D linemen, uh, that they kept on this team. Again, I'm surprised Isaiah Mack wasn't a part of that, especially considering they kept 11 offensive linemen. I don't know right. what their plan is to do with some of these guys. I don't know if they're kind of like protect Lamar. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but I mean, I mean, I guess you need bodies, and there's so much, so much uncertainty with the offensive line right now, uh, because of what's going on with Ronnie Stanley. So I get wanting to have depth, especially at the tackle spot, um, but I, I just felt like if they, I would have, I would have thought that they would have put more into the numbers on the defensive line a little more, especially with the injury to Travis Jones. You don't know when he'll be back. I wouldn't be surprised if they put Travis Jones on the short-term IR uh, to have yeah. to say that he's going to miss a, uh, the early part of the season as well. So even even with that type of thinking, I'm still surprised they didn't add at least one more defensive lineman, whether it be Isaiah uh, Isaiah Mack or Aaron Crawford. Uh, to to join that group, yeah, I I agree. I don't. I mean, look, the only thing I can come up with is like they said that they don't want to get caught up like they did last year with the, with the situation uh, with the offensive line. But again, you already prefaced like some of these guys. You still don't know why they're here. Like Ben Cleveland is the example that you use. So even if so, you're keeping guys even though they're not great. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I think that that's the part that that's that's confusing. It was really sad to see Tony Jefferson go, but I think that we all kind of saw that um, coming along. When I saw him play in the third preseason game, I kind of knew he was clearly on the bubble. And, you know, th- this room, this, this defensive back room is very busy and very – they have a lot of guys. So it felt like his time was shortening. But it's nonetheless, I mean, you know, he's a very well-known player in this area. Obviously, the Ravens brought him back last year um, after they dealt with so many injuries, and he played well in those filling spots. But at times, he struggled um, in the preseason. And so, you know, hey, look, we we figured out that that – we might have to move on from that. Luckily for them, they've they've uh, bolstered up the secondary. But nonetheless, it still feels like, oh man, it it, it might be officially to an end uh, the Tony Tony Jefferson time here in Baltimore. And and I said it the other day on the podcast. I think he was another one that I kind of mentioned as far as far as being a guy that I thought would be cut. And I know he's a a fan favorite and a veteran here. And it's not out of the realm that the Ravens won't do what they've done multiple times, which is reach back in their pocket and bring back uh, one of these veterans like Tony Jefferson, who has been cut and brought back and cut and brought back. It's not, it's not out of the realm to believe that they'll do that again. I don't know about right away, uh, but if they get into a bind or injury situation later on in the season, especially anywhere in this secondary, Tony Jefferson is going to be a guy that's probably on speed dial, I would imagine. Absolutely. But look, that's if he decides to not go somewhere else, right? I mean, <laughs> so, I mean, that's, I mean, I, I don't know what his market is necessarily like right now. I mean, you know, I, I know we, 
uh, guys out here for when they're out here and they're on the team, you know, we know about them, but uh, Tony Jefferson is a vet in this league. He's been around for a while. So it's not out of the realm to think that somebody may want to add him uh, to their team, but you know, we'll see. We'll, we'll just have to see on guys like that. But I would imagine if he's still available and the Ravens have a need at the on the back end of their defense or or in on the special teams, uh, Tony Jefferson will be a guy that they look to bring back. Right. So obviously, the, you know, there's opportunities for practice squad players. Um, who do you think that the Ravens can keep? Because <laughs> there's some guys here that you could potentially say someone else will, will pick up you know, with no issues. But who do you think that, that the Ravens keep in terms of practice squad? I wouldn't be surprised to see Anthony Brown potentially back. Um, looking at some of these names, one of these receivers may be back, maybe uh, Benjamin Victor's back on the yeah. practice squad again. Um, maybe even Riley Webb as well. Uh, wouldn't be surprised to see uh, – David Vereen, cornerback. I think David Vereen is definitely a guy that they're going to look to bring back. I thought that they were really looking to stash him a little bit uh, and hide him in this last preseason game. He didn't play a lot, but you just watching him in practice, he's been one of their more consistent corners, he and Kavon Seymour. So those two guys, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to bring them back and add them uh, to the practice squad, practice squad roster. And maybe if they could uh, – get Aaron Crawford or Isaiah Mack to return and potentially get added to that, to that as well. So yes, it'll be interesting to see where the Ravens decide to go to their practice squad players moving forward uh, to the NFL season. All right. And um, we saw last year that the Ravens had to really use their practice squad too. So I don't think this is going to be a situation where they're going to just throw guys on there. Like they're, they, they're going to be looking to add guys that they truly feel like are going to be, able to help this team, not guys that they're just looking to add to that list. 110%. I completely agree. All right. Before we get into the next topic, remember to subscribe to Winning Drive wherever you listen to your podcast. All right. So couple things being made you already prefaced um some some roster spots that's going to be taking after they make the moves. Um, one of those is potentially Kenyon Drake, the running back. Uh, he was recently cut and he is in town. He was in town. Um, and it appears that the Ravens will sign Kenyon Drake. Um, I, I think you and I both have talked in the past about the running back situation. Well, we just did it last <laughs> last segment, <Right>. actually. <laughs> it's, a, um, it's, a, it's an ongoing topic. It's an ongoing topic. Nobody really, you know, stuck out. Mike Davis looks a little slow at times. And clearly to me, this says something about the situation in terms of what J.K. Dobbins is um, in terms of his availability. Will he be available from a limited capacity? Is he even going to play at all? Is he going to go on pup? So, um, you know, I like this signing um, of Drake. And then also I would love to talk to you about the Ronnie Stanley situation as well. But back to Kenyon Drake, I, I think that they this is something that they need to do to try to bolster up the struggles of the running game. Oh yeah. I mean, and I, I just, you know, on Kenyon Drake, I don't know how much he'll be able to help them running the ball necessarily because he's, he's more of a receiving back nowadays. I mean, he had his moments a couple years ago. I think he had his best year uh, when he was the full-time starter out in Arizona, but Kenyon Drake doesn't have a thousand yard season. And obviously he's not being brought here to be a thousand yard rusher. 
he's being brought here as kind of like to join this Band-Aid group of running backs uh, that they are hoping to keep this running game together until J.K. Dobbins is able to be a full go. Um, and we look at Tyler Beatty, who was part of the cuts on cut day. King and Drake gives them what Tyler Beatty basically offers his best skill set, which is a receiving back out of the backfield. Right. Um, I, I don't. I don't know how much of an explosive runner he was. He is. Um, last year in in Vegas with the Raiders wasn't necessarily uh, spectacular. Only had a little over 250 yards rushing on the year. But this is a guy that you know he's had. Uh, over 30 receptions in his career three times uh, throughout the season. Last year, he had 30 catches uh, for 291 yards in Vegas. So I, I just think that they're looking for somebody else that can kind of help them in that passing game dynamic. I still think that Mike Davis is probably going to be the starter as far as your uh, number one back before J.K. Dobbins gets back. Uh, yes. But I don't I don't mind the Drake signing. I, I don't mind the Drake signing. It doesn't it doesn't necessarily make me feel better about the running back group, so to speak. Uh, it's a name. It's a more of a familiar familiar name. But if we're talking about production, I, I don't I don't necessarily feel like Kenyon Drake shows up and all of a sudden uh, they're going to be able to get something out of this run game that they may not have been able to get before he showed up. Agreed. And 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 look, they could get all the uh, help that they need at this point um, because, man, looking at the when you were looking at them in the preseason, it was like, hey, man, uh, this is what we're going to be dealing with again. Yeah. OK, um, so look, I, I, I'm not really expecting Drake to like be this this dude that's going to save the running game. Right. If that was the case, then he probably wouldn't have been cut to begin with. I believe he was sent with San Francisco. So. Mm. I just, you know, I don't expect him to be any kind of savior. But what I do expect him to do is show up. You know what I mean? Something that we missed from a consistent standpoint, literally this whole preseason. And, you know, I want to segue that into the situation of the offensive line of Ronnie Stanley, where, we're, we're, you know, that's also an issue. Obviously, these two things go hand in hand. The run game can't really be as great as it can be without the offensive line. We do know that Ronnie Stanley came back to practice, but Ronnie Stan, I mean, I'm sorry, he is cleared to practice, right. but has yet practiced. We are now under the two week mark of week one. And I'd like to think that he is not starting. Uh, and I, I think I mentioned this last week before he was even cleared to practice on, on our podcast. Don't even think about having Ronnie Stanley as in your lineup week one. And I still stand by that simply because he has yet to practice. I think at this point we need to start transitioning to looking at is Ronnie Stanley even going to be available for week two. And we, I, I agree. And like, because it's, 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 this is turning out to be a very weird situation that's going on right now between Ronnie Stanley and the Ravens. I mean, he was cleared on last Friday and they didn't have to clear him. They could have left him on the pup and, yep. and they would have saved themselves a roster spot and Ronnie would have been able to be added to the, the regular season pup and miss the full first four games. But the Ravens, this is starting to somewhat to me feel like, a budding of the heads. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm really not trying to stir anything up, but I can only go off of what I'm seeing. 
and what I'm hearing and even from based off what I'm hearing just from sources and based off what I'm hearing uh, just from when Harbs gets up in front of the microphone and talks to us on a daily basis. I'm just putting a couple of pieces of the puzzle together and it's just not adding up. Um, it, it, It seems like it's in a situation to where the Ravens feel like Ronnie is healthy enough to at least practice, to at least get on the field. And Ronnie Stanley is kind of pushing back. Ronnie is kind of seeing, it seems like Ronnie doesn't feel like he's ready to play yet. And Mm -hmm. this is a guy that's already been paid. He's already got his long-term extension. Um, And on the flip side, Ronnie kind of, tried to expedite it last year and it didn't work out for him. So right. I can't necessarily blame the guy for not wanting to make the same mistake again. Um, but I also don't blame the Ravens for wanting to get the most out of their investment, but you would imagine that they would want to get the best version of Ronnie Stanley before he's thrown out there. But it just seems like they're on two separate pages right now where when yeah. it comes to Ronnie and his health and what he's able to do. And it's causing a lot of, questions to be asked about this roster i already mentioned it they have 11 offensive linemen cracking this 53 11 and i don't expect all these guys to be here i expect the ravens to make a couple more moves um but yeah because they could potentially put like filele on ir right right Um, could go on short-term ir and even besides him uh, like i said guys like charlie kohler ajaba there are other guys that can be added to that that i think are going to clear some space on this roster. Um, but I, I just I just wonder what they feel like they're about to get out of Ronnie Stanley, if anything, right now. And you look on Twitter and a lot of people that that they, they're running around with their heads on fire. Oh, this <laughs> we're, 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 we'll never see Ronnie Stanley play again, or it's if even if we do, Ronnie Stanley that we know is gone. So right. uh, it's causing a lot of people to have question marks. And some of this, I think, is just a product of the Ravens deciding to do what they did by activate him off. He passed his physical great. But what is the plan here? Harbs right. kind of alluded to the fact that we would see Stanley back on the practice field on Tuesday. And we didn't. And, and Harbs didn't say definitively that he'd be out there, but I, I'm of the mindset that Harbs isn't going to go out there on camera and even throw that out there without it, without him having some sort of knowledge of the situation that Ronnie is good enough to get out there and he's close enough to plan. He's not just going to throw, oh yeah, we may see him tomorrow out there if he truly didn't believe that. So the fact that we didn't see Stanley on the practice field on Tuesday, it, it, it's alarming right now. And the last thing the Ravens need is just another story uh, between the organization and one of their prominent players on the team as far as what are we looking at here as far as this player's future with your organization? Like, and that's what that's that's the area that we're we're heading towards here with Ronnie Stanley is like what is Ronnie Stanley, are we going to see him anymore in Baltimore? When when are we going to see him again? I mean, it's crazy to me to believe that at one point the Ravens were, quote unquote, they had too many tackles and now they have none. Right, exactly. My thing, this is my theory. Ronnie Stanley will eventually come back and play, but he's going to do it on his own accord because Mm -hmm. Ronnie Stanley already got his money. 
So it ain't like he got to go out there and, you know, try to, 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 to fight for a new contract. Guess what? He got that right before he got injured. So I don't expect him to come back anytime soon. And by that, I don't necessarily mean like, oh, he's not coming back till like week six or seven. I'm saying he's going to come back when he feels ready to come back. And if he don't feel ready, he's not going to come back. And guess what? Who's going to make him come back, Cordell? Who's going to check Ronnie Stanley? He literally has them captive because he has gotten paid. So he can say, I'm going to do this. What are they going to do? Cut him? Nah, what? they're not going to cut him. Exactly. I would imagine. I, I, I want, I mean, and we're talking like way down the line here. Uh, but you you start looking ahead and you're wondering like, okay, are they going to start trying to get some of that money back? Like, you, who knows? What what could happen? Because we've seen in the past with some of these players, with their organizations, when they get these long term deals and it turns out to kind of be a situation like this where the players reluctant to get back on the field from an injury or just doesn't want to play for the team in general. The team will try to get some of that money back uh, that they gave the player uh, as part of their extension. So. I just don't. It, it's it's so many unknowns right now with this Ronnie situation, and it's so weird. It's so weird. You re, if you remember, there was the the rumor uh, right before the draft that Ronnie Stanley was going to be ready by the start of the season. That was right. the thing that came out literally before, like the day before day one of the draft, and it just seemed like a ploy from the Ravens to kind of just throw that thing out there yep. and see what happens. And nobody ever really backed it when you asked them about it. Um, but it, it, to get to where we are today and see what's going on, uh, I, all we can do is just keep waiting and seeing when Ronnie is going to be on the field. If ever at this point, it's all but, but a foregone conclusion in my mind that he, we're not going to see him against the Jets in week one maybe we'll see him in the home opener against the dolphins but even that right now is a huge question mark in my mind yeah it's sketchy for me too i mean i i don't particularly have him coming back to potentially week three or four so and we know how the ravens played against the dolphins last year i don't see mm -hmm. them doing anything differently um because what do they say if it ain't broke don't fix it and if you already have an offensive line that um, has, you know, a question mark at left tackle, I'm going to throw the kitchen sink at you too and see how you, you handle that. So it'll be interesting how they deal with this Ronnie Stanley situation. I mean, and if they forward. have to go with Juwan James for an extended part of this season, it's okay to think that you may have to go with Juwan James for a couple of games, but to yeah. really think about the fact that you may have to go with Juwan James as your left tackle for maybe at least half of this season or something close to that again, I mean, that that's – that's not something that I, I think that the Ravens want to do. I Absolutely. Just don't know what they want to do. I don't want to do it either. So <laughs> prayers to Ronnie Stanley to hope that he can find a way to miraculously be available pretty soon in the near future for the Ravens. Okay. If you like what you're hearing, remember to subscribe to the Winning Drive podcast feed yes. to make sure you can get all the new episodes as soon as they come out. Speaking of the Ronnie Stanley contract, you mentioned, hey, Ronnie Stanley, they might try to recoup some of that money back. Well, you know who they could give that money to? Lamar Jackson. I'm tired of having this conversation, quite frankly, Cordell, because it is, it really feels redundant 
here. And I didn't want to even have this conversation, but, but guess who made me have this conversation? Lamar Jackson. So let's have this conversation. Obviously, he uh, went from kind of being a little quiet to start responding to people on Twitter, basically, about mm -hmm. um, the contract situation and um, started liking uh, pictures of him in a Dolphins uniform, uh, you know, and then started speaking to people in third person. <laughs> you don't love Lamar. And right. then goes to his Instagram, but then posts a picture of him in his Ravens uniform and then puts a smiley face next to it. So, of course, this has caused a lot of drama uh, within the Ravens flock internet community mm -hmm. and people have basically lost their minds uh, over the fact that Lamar started doing these things, which I, I, I think is very convenient uh, in that regard. But, you know, what do you think about this? I, I definitely think that um, this is a real possibility that we're going to go into, you know, the season and he's not going to be signed. Or it's very possible that they are close and that something's going to come soon. But either way, you can't like what you saw yesterday, uh, excuse me, on Monday being played out on the internet. No, you, you, you don't. Um, and I think, I, I've definitely been consistent on the fact that I don't believe that the Ravens and Lamar will reach a long-term extension before uh, the start of the season. Um, just based off of what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, and you, you, you're just led to believe that this is such a big deal. And not that they're extremely far apart, but it seems like both sides aren't necessarily willing to budge, but so much. And, um, you would imagine I'm just a, we all are forced to kind of assume in this Lamar situation because none of us really know anything. Uh, they don't tell us anything and nobody really knows too much. Nobody's really been able to fully infiltrate, so to speak, Lamar's very close knit circle. Um, so one would assume that the Ravens and Lamar weren't able to fully get back to negotiations until Lamar showed up for many camps. Uh, because I think Lamar, not that he's incredibly hard to reach, but I think he's been reluctant to talk about his contract over the offseason for the most part. But when he's in the building, it's a different situation. So I think they got back to talking about it during minicamp because that's when Lamar was talking about they had been having conversations. And then as you got into training camp, it, you started to feel a little more optimistic. Lamar was a little more forthcoming talking about the negotiations. You see Eric DaCosta, you see Steve Bashotti around the pressers and they're smiling and it seems like it's trending in the right direction. Um, and then you hear that Lamar he tells us that he's drawn the line in the sand and there will be a cutoff. He's not going to negotiate into the season, which, of course, he's not. He's representing himself and he's the starting quarterback of a team that has at least playoff aspirations, if not more. So um, I'm not surprised to see that he's going to that he plans to cut it off. But the season starts September 11th. We're, uh, you know, about less than two weeks away now from that point, one would imagine that this week could potentially be the final week for negotiations if we're just guesstimating. Because next week is when they're fully preparing for the Jets. Yep. Um, he's, he's, full, he's in full regular season mode. So it's not out of the realm to believe that by the end of this week, Lamar's like, okay, that's it. We're done until the end of the season. I'm not talking about the contract 
anymore. Um, and and, and so th this is where I struggle with this whole situation because you know you should not be worried about this anyway. Okay, right. and you know how I've been adamant about how I feel like it's important to have representation because of situations like this. He should only be focused about football. That's it. That's all. Because guess what? That's what he's really good at. Mm -hmm. That's what he's trained to do, right? It, he's not trained to be a part of all of this other stuff going on and these other things. So now he's worrying about two different things. And you're right. right. He does have to cut. He does have to shut this down before week one because he, now he has to put himself in a position where he has to get mentally and physically prepared to play his opponent who's coming up. So I agree into the and to the point that he is going to have to say, hey, this after probably like this weekend, I'm good. But he shouldn't even be in a position to do this because he should be just focusing on playing football because that's what he's in control of. And that somebody else should be handling this type of stuff for him. And I, I, I can say it to him blue in the face. Obviously, that's not going to happen. He's not going to do that. Right. But it kind of bothers me that he has to worry about these things simply because he lacks representation. And I mean, so, go ahead. And, and, those, and that's all, I mean, it's pros and cons to having an agent. Definitely pros and cons. Um, and Lamar, I, as I, Mike Preston, I had him on my show, and Mike is going to keep it as real as he possibly can. And and Mike let it be known, look, I don't feel for Lamar. This is what Lamar wanted. Lamar wanted to represent himself. At the end of the day, this is a guy that still, while he's playing on the fifth-year option, he's still financially being taken well. He's well taken care of. Even if he has to play on the tag, he'll be well taken care of financially Correct. for that year. Obviously, you want something sustainable for the future. You want to have that security. But uh, as far as the situation that, that is in, like you're saying, Lamar shouldn't have to worry about that. This is the bed Lamar made. So this right. is the downside of it. This is the downside of it that he's having to answer questions that while we would still be asking questions about his contract because every player has to, every top player has to deal with this, especially at the quarterback position. We would, these type, some of these type of questions would be asked, but the fact that he's representing himself, it adds, it adds a whole new dynamic. And sure, would it be easier if he had an agent? Of course it would be, but the downside is we're seeing a lot of agents get a, a lot of guys are changing their agencies. The, these guys fire agents all the time. Agents take bad deals. And we've and I, the other thing that I had to point out, because I had a caller on my show um, and he was getting on Lamar for not having an agent and he was upset with him about it. And the one thing that I said was, if I'm a Ravens fan, you should really be happy that Lamar doesn't have an agent because an agent would have advised Lamar to hold out this year. An agent would have told Lamar to not show up until he gets a contract. An hey man, I ain't going to even lie to you. Dynamic. You are absolutely right in that regard, but guess what? That agent will be right. <laughs> like let's not act like, let's not act like that. That wouldn't be the right move. Right, then we got to take on what would come with that? Are we you right? Are, are you guys ready to just see Lamar hold out? Because then that changes how you look at him a little bit. Maybe not for you, Rita, right. but it would change how some fans are going to look at him. Like, okay, right. you know, you're holding out. You're hurting us. You're hurting the team now. Like, it it adds a whole new dynamic to where Lamar, like, and it's, it's been players around the league that have been told to do that kind of stuff. And it's not even in their DNA. That's not like Terry McLaurin held out 
to, and he ultimately did get his deal. So you can make the argument it worked. Well, but, but well, Terry McLaurin's, that's, that's not what he likes to do. He wants to be there. But as his agent, his agent advises him to not show up. So I think if Lamar had an agent, some of the stuff that Lamar is doing now, we may not see him do that. Um, yeah. As far as just still showing up and still trying to prepare for the season, it could be that it could have turned so ugly had an agent been involved. That's the only part I want to throw out there for people uh, that are pro getting an agent as a different dynamic that Lamar hasn't shown to this point. Hey, I'm one of them. Pe- Sometimes you got to get down and dirty to get results. So I, I oh, no. you know, listen, oh, no. I, I agree with you that there's pros and cons to, you know, being represented, but the, 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 the aspect that he has to be involved in it when he really should be preparing himself right. for football is the part that bothers me the most. Sometimes you just got to let people do the dirty work for you. And that's just what it is. And, you know, he should, you're, I completely agree with Mike Preston. This is the bed that he made. So he has to lay in it. Uh, but you know, hopefully they can get something done. I don't see how, like, I can't see the Ravens letting Lamar Jackson go. Whether it's we do this again next year and finally he gets a deal or whatever. So I don't think the Ravens will be that stupid. And I hope that they don't prove me wrong in this situation. I can't see them allowing themselves to let a generational talent walk away from them because there's some dollars left on the table. But what you also don't want is to have your quarterback disgruntled and he's starting to put – you know, comp up. He's liking posts about him being players yeah. on other teams, and you know, co- having conversations with people about his contract on the on the Twitter timeline. You know what I'm saying? So I really hope this gets resolved sooner than later, because then it puts a lot of this to bed, and then we can fuss about something else. Like, did he get paid too little or too much? Because you already know that's going to be the next argument that we have once this gets oh, of done. Course. Eventually. Oh, of course. I, I don't expect I, I look if I had to bet today, I would expect Lamar and the Ravens to eventually get a deal done. I'm not saying before the season, but I would ex, I would expect them to eventually get a deal done. But we've seen crazier things happen. Yeah. And I mean, they can't franchise tag them forever. They could do it next year. And arguably, if they want to take on that monster tag number to tag him twice. Yeah. Sure, go ahead and do it. But in the grand scheme of things, I will never understand. Uh, a front office or an organization wanting to be cheap at the quarterback position when it's clear you have your guy. What is the what are what are the real question marks with with Lamar as your as your quarterback here in Baltimore? I mean, you know what you're going to get. I'm not saying Lamar is perfect, but for you and what you like to do as an as an offense here in Baltimore, yeah. What do you, what is the upgrade? What is the upgrade? Over there is Lamar? none. There's no upgrade. You're not only that, Cordell, in addition to everything that you said, Lamar fits the dynamic of this city better than anybody else could for obvious reasons. This is a predominantly black city. Kids Mm -hmm. see Lamar and they see themselves. So there's that aspect of it, too, that I think is larger than just what he does on the field, because it is important to be a player that off the field, people appreciate as well and he does both of those things so I agree I don't I don't know who what else or who else you think could be what Lamar has been for Baltimore well, I, got, I got fans keep 
I got fans calling me, keep on swearing that Tyler Huntley could just easily be yeah, okay. the, the replacement. Like, are, are, are you are we still saying the same things that you were saying last year that clearly got debunked last year? <laughs> watching Tyler Huntley on the field. And I like Tyler Huntley, but he's not Lamar Jackson. Look, I'm going to just be one. You're just because you're a black quarterback that can move around does not make you Lamar Jackson. We got to end that, that that right there because that is starting to really get on my nerves just because Tyler Tyler Huntley can move around and has a similar skill set to Lamar. He's not elite at anything. He's not Lamar Jackson. <laughs> just because they look alike and can do some of the same things does not make him Lamar Jackson. People have got to get that through their heads. I'm telling you. Because you got to be careful what you wish for. I promise you. I ain't wishing for that. And uh, Lamar is one of one. And that's how I'm going to end this podcast. Because there is no debate about anything that you just said. I have zero arguments. You're 100% right. And let's stop trying to categorize other quarterbacks into the conversation of what Lamar Jackson does and who he is. There is none. Period. And that's just what it is. Thank you guys so much for listening to Winning Drive. Next podcast, hey, we'll have some practice squad guys. We'll see what's going on. We're getting closer to week one, Cordell. So, yeah. you know, will Ronnie week. Stanley one practice? One We'd more. like oh, to know. Yeah. Well, but what, what, what you betting, Rita? Ronnie Stanley, that, that, that Ronnie Stanley, t- by the time we put out another episode, whether or not he'll be on the practice field, I'm willing to bet he's not. Yeah, same. Um, so guess what? We won't be betting because we're on the same side of the envelope here. So, uh, yeah, we'll find out if he's going to be practicing by the time we have the next podcast. And we'll find out who our practice squad guys are and if uh, other roster moves that we expect the team to make uh, and doing so to get to the 53-man roster. Thank you so much for listening to Winning Drive.